With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. De Bruyne, one mil city, for else? And Pogba leaves for McTominay! Kane! Oh, what a finish! And Timo Pukki! Salah to settle it! And Ruben Neves! William for Chelsea! And that could be the goal that seals the title for Liverpool at long last. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, from sunny South Africa, Kaylin Kareem. Greetings and salutations, good people. The international break is finally over. I've had my rest. I'm ready to get back into it. Uh, I'm sure the players are ready to get back into it. And this week, I've got a really special guest. Uh, you heard his name in the intro, but I'm, I'm super excited to have Kalen Kareem on the show. Interesting story. Uh, first of all, Kalen, how, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm good, uh, Tads. Thank you very much, Rob. Very excited to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, it's 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 my pleasure. And I don't know if I made you nervous by saying interesting story and then and then pausing it there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you were the first person to invite me as a guest on a podcast. My very first podcast experience uh, being on the other side of it, not being a call or anything like that. I remember I, I nervously asked you, to be on an Anfield Index podcast, uh, you graciously allowed me to fumble my way through not just one episode, but I ended up becoming a co-host of what was it? Was it Face Off? I think it was Face Off. Yes, um, we've we've come a long, or I've come a long way. You've been doing this a long time, uh, and I thought I had to get you on. I've been wanting to get you on sooner. I'm glad that I've been able to to bring you on. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm super, super excited. How are you feeling after the international break? The Premier League is coming back. Do the international breaks have a have a factor for you when it comes to EPL games and predicting scores and all of that good stuff? To be honest, I usually don't predict scores. I usually try and stay away from that um, just because I'm very, very bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my friends invited me a couple of years ago to one of these you know, little groups where you all log onto an app and predict the scores. It's like fantasy football, but for score predictions. And just after like three or four weeks, it's just very obviously there isn't 
there's some sort of algorithm out to get me because I've got like <laughs> only three of these right every week. So um, uh, just a warning to everybody out there. Perhaps <laughs> perhaps don't take on my predictions to the to the betting office just yet. But uh, I must say this this uh, to prepare for this part and looking at the fixtures and how they come about. Yeah, the international break has had a a pretty profound effect. I think. Having an international break on top of a really congested fixture list was just ridiculous. So you're looking at just the amount of minutes people have played. Um, you're looking at the fatigue that's that's you know gone into their legs, and then as well, you just wonder about because I think Mbappe has really said that for the season. He said it, it feels like we're at the end of the season already, and the mental toll that comes into these players. So from the couple of international games I've been able to watch. I've been trying to watch a couple other Premier League players and, uh, and and just to have a look at, you know, what they're feeling, their body language, um, just to see if I can pick up something along those lines. And what I can tell you is that just a lot of players do look a little bit like they're in the dregs of the season. Uh, and the team I follow, Liverpool, Jürgen Klopp, the manager there has said a couple times, for example, that the fixture congestion is so much, it's like we're in December uh, November is another December. December is another December. And it, it's just how do you deal with that as a player week in, week out? And now we're seeing the slew of injuries coming out of the international break. That's obviously got to have a, a really big impact. Uh, and it's having an impact on the big teams. I you know, I, I dread to think what some of the teams with smaller squads must, uh, must do in preparation. Yeah, I, I, it's a unique and difficult season to navigate. You mentioned the fixture congestion. I think that's a big, big factor in the Premier League. And I wonder if they're going to, you know, regret not allowing five substitutions. I know the conversation was, oh, it might favor the big, the, the teams with bigger squads. But if you have a small squad and you now only have, you know, 10 players to pick from, I, I think it, it evens itself out in terms of just making sure you get as many players to rotate and not get as many minutes as you mentioned the minutes in their legs how they're looking on international break but the fixtures don't stop they're not stopping the season uh they come thick and fast there are quite a few tasty ones i'm looking down the the fixture list this weekend are there any that are standing out for you oh yeah a couple couple that are standing out for me Obviously, as a Liverpool fan, uh, Liverpool Leicester's really big game for us, just because Liverpool seemed to be fielding the Walking Dead <laughs> as a first team recently. So, going to see how that gets along. But away from Liverpool, there are obviously a couple of really tasty fixtures. There's um, obviously the Tottenham Man City one, which has a you know a clear effect uh, at, at at what you'd expect to be the the top of the table. But another one that just really piques my interest is definitely going to be Leeds and Arsenal. I think a lot of people are following Leeds as their second team this season because, you know, it's just exciting. Of course, Bielsa's there. And Arsenal is an interesting project, if I can call it that. And their ups and downs are are really something to follow as the season goes along. So, it's I mean, who's going to come on on top of that game? Uh, Not a contrast of styles, but maybe a contrast of application and sort of intensity, if I can call it that. So that that those for me, I think, are the main ones that are that are standing out. Um, yeah, I must say it's it's a bit weird, Teddy. I know you're over there in England at the moment, and you know what it's like here in South Africa. I'm from South Africa, everybody. Hi. Um, 
but it's one of the weird things to to talk about all the fixtures that you're going to watch this weekend. I think South Africans approach it in a, in, a, in a really different way to people in Britain because here our package for watching English football is we get all the matches. We get all of everything is all together. It's not like in the UK where you only get particular matches and I think you don't get your team broadcast if it's within that city or something like that. You know, there are all sorts of stipulations and we just get all of them. All of the games, whether people are like, you know, it's a popular game or not, just everything is all together. So it was really strange to see, for example, when you guys got the announcement of the pay-per-view, I think it was £15 a game or something like that. I was just looking at that from South Africa and you're going like, this this is not going to last. This is just going to encourage people to <laughs> to pursue other forms of watching these games, surely. So, yeah, uh, bit, of a, bit of a weird one for us there. Yeah, and, and you mentioned you're in South Africa, and it's one of the things I miss the most about South Africa is <laughs> being able to watch any Premier League game when it's showcasing. And, you know, and it's interesting hearing your perspective of how you you know, look at the weekend and, and plan the weekend based on which games do I want to watch. Whereas for some of us around the world, it's which games can I watch? So it's, it's a different approach, but, um, and, and I love the fact, you know, we've, we've been obviously in and around England with our guests. We've been to America with Dan Fitzpatrick. We've flown down to South Africa with you. I think we're, we're going to do a world tour with this podcast, which I'm really excited about. But if you want a world tour in terms of your viewing, especially when it comes to EPL, Premier League viewing, and you don't want the hassle as we have here in the UK of, you know, which game can I watch, but you want to watch every game and be like K, then I highly, highly recommend that you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. Get a VPN package from them and you can watch any of the games. Be like, hey, where you don't have to worry about which one you can watch and you have the approach of which one I do want to watch because all of the games will be available there and not just when it comes to football. I mean, there's American football, all kinds of TV viewing, sports around the world. I highly recommend it. Obviously, also to mention that this podcast is also brought by EPLindex.com. So that's EPLindex.com and Liberty Shield. Tweet at both of them. Let them know that you heard about them from this show. That really helps us out so they know that we're getting the word out there. Um, Yeah, okay. We'll jump into our first fixture. And usually the first fixture is on tv here it's usually on bt sport i know it's definitely on for you because <laughs> you <laughs> but it's newcastle versus chelsea um you know these are two teams that are coming into this game maybe in slightly different form chelsea seem to be starting to get into a groove i, I don't know if it's too early to say that but certainly in terms of scores and you know they've only, they haven't gotten uh, they've had three wins and two draws in their last five fixtures. Newcastle, two losses, a win, a draw and a win in there. So a bit of inconsistency. How do you see Newcastle handling this young, new Chelsea team that's trying to make an impact this season? 
I mean, Chelsea is an interesting, interesting project at the moment. I, I'm not, to be honest, if I'm just being, from my perspective, just being honest, the, the approach of Frank Lampard hasn't really impressed me. Um, uh, he, he seemed to be sort of covering up the football side with some of the some non-football stuff, especially in the press. But and certainly whispered at this point. But Chelsea have been moving on and and actually doing rather well. I think after the the Liverpool loss, I walked away from that game thinking that oh, well, there's there's an awful lot for Frank to do in this team, and maybe he doesn't have the uh, the wherewithal to to get a team the size of Chelsea going. But you know what? Um, I mean. He might not have made me eat my words yet, but Chelsea certainly have been doing well. They have been getting on. Um, I don't think they've lost in a while now. What is it? They lost at least they lost five games. And I'm not saying that everything is is fine in those last five games. There have been two draws, and you know, once in a while they do have the defensive issues. Once in a while they they seem to get stuck in terms of um, uh, getting a real penetration going. But mostly, these new recruits of theirs has been, have been fitting in rather well. Uh, Werner's obviously off to a, a really good start. Um, and, and I think with putting Mendy into the goals has just given everybody a little bit of confidence. Not not just in, not in terms of, I, I don't know, you know, I haven't really seen Mendy do too much that's been, you know, really spectacular. And so it's just that at the moment, he's not a real Balaga. And... Mm-hmm. If Kepa's not there, it, it, <laughs> he's, he might, you know, transform into a good keeper. But the, the the last few weeks before he was dropped, it was really, really difficult to play in front of him as a defense. So, so I think that's helping them as well. Uh, if I look at Newcastle, just the, the amount of injuries is just amazing. It's, it's, you know, they they are one of those teams. Newcastle are one of those teams that, on their day, they can have a really good day and get at you. But it's just there's so many absentees and so many of those difference makers are the players who are injured. You know, I'm looking at Fraser. I'm starting to look at like John Joe Shelby, who is one of the most erratic players <laughs> I think the Premier League has ever seen. He could take you apart, you know, one in ten games and then just walk around the rest of the time. But like Matt Ritchie, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, you know, the, the other thing is obviously you have Chelsea with... Uh, I think I'm correct in saying at this point more players that have gone away on the international break and have played the games, you know, and performed uh, for their countries. So there will be tight legs. On the other hand, though, you have a Newcastle with all these injuries and playing at home, but without that awesome, you know, Tyneside support. Yeah. So uh, it's it's for me, it became an easy one after I'm looking at this, and I am sort of. Definitely going to be putting you know my money if I was gonna if I was that kind of person I would be putting my money onto Chelsea I'm I'm gonna go for a two nil win and that two nil would have been actually more if uh, if the international break wasn't going on but I think tired legs will will dictate that Chelsea kind of come out and do something and uh, and hang back for the rest of the game. Interesting, yeah, I I agree that internationals definitely will be an influence on how high teams could get scores up in games that you think they would be. Um, but Newcastle, I think, have been quite gritty this season. It hasn't been all flash, but they've had moments of flash. You obviously look at the biggest name when it comes to that for them in St. Maximil. Um Whether or not they can do enough to get a goal against Chelsea, I don't think so. And I, I do think 
maybe the Chelsea, just the quality of the individual players in the Chelsea team will do enough to get them through this game. It might not be a holistic team, brilliant performance. I think those those times are, are way ahead and, and they will come for Chelsea or at least the fans hope that they will come. But at the moment, it's just about getting the results and they seem to be doing that at the moment. And I think that continues in this game. And just to give you a boost as well, I think I'm going to double down on your 2-0 scoreline. I'm going to go with the 2-0 as well. Let's get K going with the scores. <laughs> I'm going to will I'm gonna will this 2-0 uh, Chelsea win. I'm sorry, Newcastle fans. One of my good friends, David, is a big, big Newcastle fan, lifelong Newcastle fan, and he won't be happy with me saying a 2-0 Chelsea win. And I play football with him, so I'm scared to see him on the training pitch next time. <laughs> it's safe to get out there. <laughs> As you say, in John Joe Shelby fashion, I think he might have one of those John Joe uh, challenges waiting for me. Uh, but we move swiftly along to the next fixture on our sheet here. We've got Aston Villa versus Brighton. Wow, two teams that... They play good football, and I, I don't know if a couple of years ago, if you said that, people would believe you, but I think they've been two of the teams that have played probably the best, you know, visually pleasing football. You mentioned Leeds earlier on uh, mm. when we were discussing how teams are doing and which fixtures looking forward to. Is this a fixture that could surprise people? I think so. It, it depends. Like, I, I do think Brighton play lovely football. Uh, and on occasion, they look to have a level of control, especially with that uh, open play that's, that, with that progressive play. That's really, really nice to watch. Um, uh, it's, it's just, you know, sometimes they also come out and look, and look a little bit naive. Whereas, um, Aston Villa, and I know that, you know, it, it's also been a, a touch up and down for them. But it's it's. I think this is going to be an extremely watchable game, as you say. Um, Villa have played some fantastic football. Brighton, it depends which sort of Brighton rocks up. But I think I think the bigger issue is actually going to be the fact that Brighton are playing away. They've not been great away in this game. Villa will have confidence after that Arsenal victory, uh, and I don't think the the international break is going to affect them as much as it does some of the some of the sort of other teams in the EPL so um yeah and I'm not sure how many injuries Brighton can get back I know there's a couple of injuries that are sort of on the fence at this moment in time but still with that um this was this was a difficult one I thought what I'd do is instead of trying to uh, trying to uh, tend towards the the mean, you know, and go for like draws and stuff like that. I thought I'd really go out there and see <laughs> if, if I can predict some big results and see, you know, uh, to, to add some spice to the pot instead of sitting on the fence. So I do fancy Villa for uh, for this this victory. Like I say, they're playing away. Brighton not being you know, they're playing at home. Brighton not being great away from home recently, and I'm going to notch it up to a two nil victory again. I like the aggressor. I, I don't know if you had a chat with our producer guy Drinkle before the show or something, but um, this aggressive attitude definitely reminds me of Guy, and I'm wondering if he's twisted your arm 
with these no leaning <laughs> no, no. on the fence. <laughs> no, 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 no. Guy would, uh, guy would not sully the waters in that way. He's very professional, <laughs> very independent. He's, he's, <laughs> no, no, but for real. Uh, no, I, I just thought it would be better. I thought it would be more enjoyable. But <laughs> I have to bring something to the, to the pod. I like it. I like it. <laughs> no, look, um, I, I agree with you in terms of the excitement of how the game will go. Whether or not my my worry is where the goals are going to come for Brighton, um, you, they've tried to bring in Danny Welbeck into the fold. They, you know, you look at the the likes of Trossard, as you mentioned, the Trossard Sully matches who are doubtful for this game. If they can get those guys in and around him, uh, whether Mope is involved, we don't know. We, you know, Dan spoke about it last week with a bit of the controversy that's going on there. But I think I'm mm. just going to take and slap you across the face with your leaning on the fence and I'm going to lean on the fence and I'm going <laughs> to go for a 1-1 because I, I would have gone for a 2-2, but I just don't know if Brighton have two goals on them at the moment. But I think there's going to be a lot of football in midfield. It's going to be good, but the end product is going to be the downfall for both teams in this game. So I can see lots of chances and, and maybe I'm giving away some clues for the banquet or burn it later on, but I can see a lot of chances, but not a lot of goals, if that makes sense. But yeah, I'm I'm going to go with the one, one and I'm going to dig my heels in there and, and sit comfortably on the fence on that one. Um, mm. uh, a game that follows that one is one where I, I don't think either team can afford to sit on the fence. You mentioned that it's a game where it's probably one of the games that affects um, the the title picture, at the very least the top four fixture. I know every game is important, but these games I think can land psychological blows. It's Tottenham versus Man City. How do you see this game panning out? Is it the game of the weekend? I think it is the game of the weekend. It's, uh, on paper, especially. I I would disagree a little bit with you. And I don't think it's going to pan out like that on the field. Um, it was it was a difficult one. It is it is definitely a standout fixture. Uh, and, and, and like you said, I, I think it matters. I think I think the result matters a lot more because of you know that that sort of top four rivalry. But I'm just looking at the way a lot of these teams have approached these very big games this season. And it's not that same sort of uh, go get them attitude. You know, the, I, I feel that especially within this fixture congestion, these big teams are actually going to be happy to walk away with draws. There's, uh, there's obviously a couple of injuries. City have the squad, though. Um, and the, the, the nice thing for Tottenham is that the injuries at this moment don't really affect the key players who will be making the difference for them in, in recent games. For City, obviously, the international duty might have might have a positive effect on them in that uh, Ferran Torres has done you know really well for Spain and got some numbers on the board. Um, it looks like the, the confidence will really be flowing through him, especially with Aguero injured. You would look at uh, at him to step up for, for that. But and the Spurs defence... Has been good in recent years, but in this moment is a little bit up, a little bit down. Uh, not that they're bad, but uh, sometimes they they do give you a chance. So uh, what I think is that tiredness will play into it. I think in the minds, both the players will look at that and sort of go, 
I can chuck it into this, but this is going to be a weird season and there are going to be losses in the season more so than we had um, last season. It's not going to be like how, you know, Liverpool sort of ran away with it and only really endured losses after they'd won the title or, you know, that Man City had chased them for so long. I, th- I think teams would be happy to sort of have a go and sit back for quite long periods and, uh, and, and sort of just soak up pressure and invite pressure and invite other teams to tire themselves out i don't think it will work and so for this one i've just talked about not sitting on the fence in the very next picture yes <laughs> the very next picture <laughs> i am going for a 1-1 in this result interesting I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a bad influence on you after all these years we've been potting together i'm starting, I'm starting <laughs> with to... the same guy <laughs> with a spider-man meme <laughs> <laughs> look yeah i for me in this game, I I think the most interesting thing is going to be how much City love to control the game, how much they love to have possession, basically pass the other team to death, uh, trying to create chances. And Tottenham are going to have to play on the counter-attack. And can City stop Tottenham's counter-attacks, which I think have been pretty dangerous. And if you look at the profile of the players, they have up front mm-hmm. you've got Kane who's now become like a fo- a false 10 if you can call it that uh with this kind of adapted role this season uh obviously son if bale is starting these are pacey guys that could bounce off of kane and 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 look to counterattack to devastating effect i also think the international break came at a good time for man city their form was a bit iffy, you know, draw, win, draw, win, draw. And you mentioned the big injury for Aguero, obviously. There were a few niggles that they had. I think this break was good for them to try and hopefully get players back. You're looking at the Agueros as probably the biggest one they're trying to get back. But their little injuries like for Fernandinho and stuff, if they could get him back, I know maybe he's not the player he used to be, but... His experience, I think, is invaluable for the City team that has missed the experience that company brought to the team. I, I think if Fernandinho can adopt that role, uh, they they could do pretty well. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm looking at the Spurs counter attack, and I think Spurs could have enough in this game. I think they could have enough. I'm, I'm, I don't trust Spurs' defense. And I say that having a Spurs left back in my in my fantasy team, but he's <laughs> purely there for hoping that he gets a clean sheet, but more likely to get the assists. Um, obviously talking about Regulon. But yeah, so I, I'm definitely giving City at least a goal in this game. I'm going to go for a big score in this one. I'm going to go against you again. In, in And I, I do appreciate that teams are going to, the bigger teams are going to be cagey in these fixtures, but I just think the attacking quality of Spurs can get them three goals in this game, and that's three goals on the counter-attack. And then I think City get two because they're going to be fighting to to get back in this game. I'm going to go for a 3-2, and I'm I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this game because I'm I'm going to be a neutral. That is is a prediction. I want want a a really good high-scoring game that... As a neutral, you can just sit back and enjoy. Obviously, Tottenham and, and, and City fans are going to be at the edge of their seats if, if the game ends up like that. And you talk about on the edge of your seat, Man United fans this season are on the edge of their seat, it seems, 
you know, the transfer window maybe didn't go as well as they would have wanted. The season has been up and down. You don't know which Man United team is going to show up. And that's why I've brought Kay, an expert in predicting, to tell us, Kay, what Man United <laughs> team is going to show up this weekend against West Brom? Oh, wow. I... <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I actually so my 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 girlfriend who I love more than anything in the entire world supports Man United and oh, I'm I'm sorry I'm in that. the extremely <laughs> weird situation of having to comfort her in these times when <laughs> when she's she's slowly losing hope in um, in Ola Gunnar Solskjaer not to sort of keep them in the top six just but more more to deliver titles and that kind of thing and so we've we in a in a total turnaround situation i am the one who's saying just watch always going to win something can't lose hope now and uh, and she's the one saying well you've said it now you better hope he delivers and so i hope he delivers in the most bizarre <laughs> twist for a Liverpool fan, also, also with like United, Marcus Rashford is there. And he's turned into um, just go, nice you know quite the figurehead, and uh, yeah, there's just you know one of the most wonderful role models in the game, and uh, and and that's certainly something that uh, that, that can't be overlooked, and uh, I definitely take that on board as as having softened the image of the old rival in my mind. Um, having said that, yeah, West Brom. I think is that's going to be the bigger factor in this game. You know, they've been they've been a little bit awful yeah. this season so far. I mean, they're floundering currently in the bottom three, and I know we've only you know I think it's only been they've only played eight games if I'm if I'm correct. But uh, it's it's not been good. They, they've not really sort of been getting a lot of stuff together. It's not really injuries for them. It's more just just the whole thing. So, um, you know, especially for them drawing against other teams that are struggling. And I think that loss to Fulham would have really knocked the sail, not locked the wind, the wind out of their sails, you know. And you see a couple of comments on in that sort of context. Is that the sort of first nail in the coffin for them? I know, again, it's very, very early. But but if if we're saying that on the top end of the table, a result for Spurs or City can have an effect, then we, we sort of have to say that at the bottom of the table, these fixtures can also have an effect on on on, on what's going on. So, yeah, you know, um, I think, I think what will happen is they'll sit back and United will sort of look like they might struggle until they score a goal because of the low block. Uh, but I think they'll have enough. So I, I can't see West Brom scoring more than one goal if they score. So in optimism for their goal, I will... I'm going to predict 2-1 to Man United, um, simultaneously predicting the worst possible uh, result for them in terms of goals conceded, but at the same time, uh, soothing my girlfriend's need for Man United victory. <laughs> ah, I like that. I like that. And will you be soothing your wishes, your well wishes for Rashford? Are you are you going to predict a Rashford goal in this game? Um, looking at them, I actually think it's. Um, I, I would more predict it was it'd be a game for Martial to Ooh. score, but um, yeah, that's I, I know he's you know it's difficult to say after you know they come back and we, they're probably gonna have to be assessed for fatigue and that sort of thing. I think if if Martial and Rashford both play, then I would I would look at that. I think the the low block is is where Martial could in this particular game get free but um 
if not, if not, then Rashford. But I, I think that basically means I'm I'm going for Martial to get the, you know, to, to for me to put my money on. I think I would go for Martial. Interesting, interesting. Well, for me in this game, I think, as you said, United. I I find United struggling games where they have to be the bigger team. They have True. to control possession. They have to create yeah. the chances. Yeah. They have where they to have a lot of the ball. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, whereas some of the bigger games actually favor them. They can play on the counter-attack. They can use, as you say, the Martials, the Rashfords to devastating effect. You usually see Daniel James and the like get minutes in those type of games. This game is going to be a game they rely heavily on the Bruno Fernandeses. Maybe Mata gets thrown in there just so they can have some creativity. But I, I do think they're going to have enough in this game. Uh, I don't see West Brom scoring... Uh, even though United's defense hasn't looked great this season, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Man United win and the Ollie at the wheel show continues for them. Uh, another show that's hoping to continue or at least get the ship back on track, uh, Everton travel to Craven Cottage uh, down the road from where I stay, actually, uh, Fulham. They play Fulham uh, this weekend. Ancelotti's team, they've started the season well, had a bit of a shaky spell of late. Uh, is this the, the, the perfect game for them to try and correct that? Or are Fulham going to be uh, looking to who themselves? They they need wins, you know, uh, to try and stay up this season. They do need wins. And uh, it's difficult to see where they get them from. It's... it's... <sighs> Sometimes when you're in that hole, it's just very, very difficult to to dig yourselves out. And the, the, you know, then you go and you play against Everton, who've had a, a really good start to the season, and then more recently have sort of floundered just a little bit. But I think that's probably quite heavily influenced by the absences of Rodriguez and Richarlison. You know, um, but I mean, it's just to get back to Everton. I mean, to get back to Fulham, they've really looked. A tiny bit inept at times. They look like they're playing 1990s football, um, you know, for, for some of the games, and it's it's sort of difficult to see how they how they get around to not even just approaching this game, how they approach the season, and sort of looking to get enough points on the board. That you know that recent win that they that they did get was against uh, the Ferris struggling West Brom, where you know everything else seems to have gone gone against them. So. You know, even with the the absentees, I I think you know with uh, James and Richarlison all that coming back into the team, even with possible Allen uh, out, who's been very good for Everton in the um, uh, you know across the season, I I can't really see Fulham getting anything from this particular game. I, I think you know something's going to have to be done for them to really change their approach, uh, possibly quality of players to be able to change their fortunes. But this is a game that, despite the fixture congestion, despite the international fixtures that we've had, I'm actually going to go for a 3-0 result to Everton. Wow. I think they will swell blood. And I think that despite it being away, I think that counts less with the crowds being out. But I think this is one where they're licking their lips and will go, this is you know one we can get a couple of goals in. That's a big shot. That's a big shot. Um, I, I think Everton will be fancying themselves in this game. You mentioned the players that are coming back from injury. That will be a big boost for them. You know, injury and suspension when when you're looking at Richarlison coming back. 
it's going to be a tough game for Fulham. They, they're going to have to really dig deep, but I, I think they're going to fall short in this game. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Everton win. Uh, the weather hasn't been great in, in London recently, and I can see it being a rainy, cold, difficult game, and, and Everton just sneaking that 1-0. And I'm, I'm assuming uh, that their fans will take that, just get that W uh, on the scorecard, get back to winning ways. It's It's been a while now. It's been, what, four games without a win for them? So, yeah, I think just get that 1-0, take that back to... to, to to Liverpool and you know with that win I, th- I think they can correct their season I really I really think they can start to get back to how they started the season this season uh, I think so yeah <laughs> I'm giving them the 1-0 <laughs> but speaking of big calls you mentioned big calls it's not time for bank it or burn it and that's the game that brings <sighs> on the biggest calls from all the guests Kay, this is your first appearance on Bank It or Burn It. Last week, Dan did fairly okay. He got 14 out of 25. Obviously, the highest score is still episode 2, Jake Jackman, who got 17 out of 23. If you remember that episode, there were two questions he didn't get to answer in time, so his score could have been even bigger. How do you feel about this bank it or burn it? Have you got a strategy? Have you been training? Well, what, what's your thought process? <laughs> yes, I've, I've I've gone through several quick fire quiz rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I no, like I say, um, like I say, I'm absolutely terrible at predictions. So, um, all, I think all look, all you can do is it is a bit of fun. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna follow my heart and. Um, and and see see you know I'm I'm just going to be mildly surprised at how badly it lets me down this time, so <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm excited. At the very least, you got to beat Guy's score. He 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 was what punished when he came on. Um, I think he got fourteen. I think he got fourteen. Did he also get fourteen? Oh, that's oh, oh yeah. now you've now you got me fired up now. Got, oh man, you got to aim I've, for that I've fourteen. Got to, range, I've got to beat Guy. I've got to beat Kai. Go on. Yeah. Okay. For those of you that have never heard about Bank It or Burn It, if it's your first time on the show, um, simple game. The five fixtures that we've spoken about already, I'm going to ask Kay five individual questions on each of those specific games. And he just has to answer Bank It if he thinks it's going to happen or Burn It if he thinks it's not going to happen. The fixtures, again, are Newcastle, Chelsea, Aston Villa, Brighton, Tottenham, Man City, West Brom, Man United, Fulham, Everton. And we'll just run through the questions quickly. Question A, over 30 tackles. B, less than four yellow cards. C, over five shots on target. D, outside the box goal. And E, point to the heavens goal celebration. You you got your head around the questions? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes okay <laughs> okay i'm gonna put 15 seconds on the clock your first one will do is newcastle versus chelsea you scream bank it or burn it your time starts now over 30 tackles burn less than four yellow cards bank 
over five shots on target. Bank. Outside of the box goal. Burn. Burn. Point to the heavens goal celebration. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh burn. <laughs> I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> well, that was close. Yes, it was close. I just, all I could think of was William, and then I'm like, no, he's not there anymore. He's not at Chelsea. <laughs> it's like, significantly lowers the point to the heavens goal celebration index for that Chelsea. That is a very good point. That is a very good point. <laughs> it's a shame the Arsenal game is just after this one in our run sheet. Oh, it's two down from this one in our run sheet. Maybe it would have been a different prediction, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good variation here. Um, I like that you you varied your answers. Two banks, three burns. Yeah. How do you feel about that first round? Uh, it's a lot, eh? <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah, you've got to be quick. You, be you quick. have to like run through, oh, what's the possession going to be like? <laughs> Is it going to be feisty? But yeah, um, Sort of, it's yeah, no, it's interesting. It's sort of, I sort of look at it from the point of view of which team is, do I think is going to win and dominate? So it, it's very, very dependent on my predictions, which, which is not a comforting thought. <laughs> I like it. Okay, question number or fixture list number two. It's Aston Villa versus Brighton. Your time starts now. Over thirty tackles. Bank. Less than four yellow cards. Burn. Over five sh- shots on target. Bank. Outside of the goal celebration. Outside of the box goal. Burn. Burn. Uh, point to the heavens goal celebration. Burn. Burn. <laughs> I- I'll take blame for that one because I-, I I fumbled over one of the questions. Um, I'm very disappointed in myself. I-, I thought I'd gotten the swing of it. I've been in training as well because... I'm, I'm as much a part of this as you are. If I fumble the questions, doesn't give you a chance to to get over the line. Um, well, now like, I've got a now I've got a good excuse if I don't beat uh, if I don't, beat, don't guy. beat guy. Well, Jake did it with 23 questions, so <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Um, the next fixture is Tottenham versus Man City. Your time starts now. Over 30 tackles. Burn. Less than four mm. yellow cards. Burn. Over five shots on target. Bank. Outside of the box of goal. Burn. Yeah, Point to the burn. heavens goal celebration. Bank. Nicely done. There we go. Yep. See, so we're in the swing of it now. Essentially, I'm saying Jesus scores. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, I see the strategy. Because you uh, went for a low score in this one, hey? I did go for a low score, and I'm, uh, now I want to rethink nah, that. Wait, Ferran Torres also points to the heavens sometimes. So he does. There that we go. Does. I've got double cover. Okay. Okay, so next fixture, West Brom versus Man United. Your time starts now. Over 30 tackles. Burn. Less than four yellow cards. Burn. Over five shots on target. Bank. Outside the box goal. Bank. Point to the heavens goal celebration. Bank. Wow. Is that the Martial goal that you predicted? 
that's gonna be the worst one. I can feel it now. I feel oh, <laughs> as I was saying that, him. like as I was saying this, all I could think of was wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> He's cracking under pressure. All these years that you've been podding, oh. we finally found something that's broken you. You're usually cool and calm. Nothing rattled. This, We've got him on the Nothing ropes, everybody. We got one more fixture. Let's see if we can knock him out. <laughs> it's Fulham versus Everton. Your time starts now. Over 30 tackles. Bank. Less than four yellow cards. Bank. Over five shots on target. Bank. Outside the box goal. Burn. Point to the heavens goal celebration. Bank. Bank. Ooh. Yes. Well, I'll give you credit for how you've adapted in terms of your speed throughout this game. And it's difficult being your first time on here. Uh, you've got some good answers. Uh, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this one. Uh, especially that Man United West Brom one. That still feels like a like like the big hole in the but anyway, let's see. Let's see. It's as long as I beat Guy. I as can. Long uh, as you I'll work beat. that. I'll work that into the, the into my podcast intro for the rest of the season. If that oh, happens, that's brilliant. That would be brilliant. Another team hoping to get a win this week. Their first win of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's Sheffield United. They play West Ham. Sheffield haven't been the Sheffield we saw last season. How do you see them matching against a West Ham team that can be? pretty difficult to play on on their day yeah i mean the international break might have come at a good time for them actually but uh, you know you, you hope that they can react to that but at the moment sheffield are dead last in the table uh you must remember that they've played some just awful fixtures in the last five or six uh, games like you know they, they've played really really top teams um but still you know that doesn't that doesn't really look good uh, West Ham have had to use Fulham on the other end to, to get them back to winning ways. It's you know they've looked quite good. Whisper it. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not. I'm always the biggest fan of Moisey teams, but uh, but yeah, they, they have looked quite organised, quite uh, quite good, and and slowly getting used to that organisation going forward as well, in my opinion. So um, I don't think their injuries affect them as much as Sheffield's injuries for. Uh, for this game, I'm not sure how many, again, Sheffield can get back onto uh, the pitch for, for this game. But um, again, I can see West Ham sort of just edging this one. Just, just, I'm going to go for not one. Oh, not one scoreline. I'm, I'm hoping Sheffield United can do something in this game. Whether or not they can, I'm not sure. <sighs> I, I, I want to will a win for them. I really want to will a win for them purely because they, they got to get a win at some point in time. So I'm going to, I'm going to hedge my bets here and say, as you mentioned, very good point that they've had horrible fixtures in terms of just competition that they've played over the last couple of games. Maybe they see this game coming up and saying, we, we may, you know, we've got, a bigger chance in this game than the ones that we have had in the past mm. or recent past. And I'm going to go the mirror opposite of you. I'm going to go with the one nil Sheffield United win. And we move on to the game that you highlighted as one of your games of the weekend. It's the 
second team for most people, as you mentioned, Leeds United versus a up and down controversial Arsenal side at the moment. Um, Arteta, you can see there's a vision there, but they're not getting enough goals, man. They're just not getting enough goals. Do do you think they can correct that in this game? It's Leeds can pull goals out of anyone. It seems this season. <laughs> that's the that's the thing, and I think the other you know with that form is that Arsenal will again have some tired legs out there. I feel it's you know they haven't got the deepest squad uh, in those top fixtures. They they pretty much need people you know to be present and playing anyway. Um, on the other end, you look at Leeds. Leeds have their injuries too. I do really like the ability of Leeds to just continually approach games with, like, in the same manner despite losses. I, I love that in a team, and I think that's um, if if that's what they are thinking about. I think that is the quality that keeps them in the Premier League. If you know, they, they, if they just keep that going, I think the system is good enough to 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 just keep them um, chugging along. Uh, both teams coming with scrappy form. This one I deliberated on quite a lot. I, I sort of want a Leeds win, but that's mostly because I, you know, just like the look of them. They're very exciting to me and um, it will be, you know, it's such a good story. But in these kinds of games where, you know, you, you just expect a little bit like Arsenal can get the, the sort of blunt end of the stick, if I can put it that way, they do seem to take it. So I think Arsenal take it. I think, though, it's closer than than... You might think so. I'm I'm gonna go for like maybe a, a one-two victory for Arsenal, but I think even their goal they might get like quite late. So oof, yeah, I, th- I think it's gonna be a close game. Arsenal just just getting there. I think it's gonna be a close game too. And mentioning two, I think it's gonna be two-two purely because, as I said, I think Leeds can pull goals out of anyone this season. The style of play that they bring to games forces teams to get into transition type of games. And I think the Arsenal players will quite enjoy having a game where it's more transition opposed to a very structured um, approach. And and that probably favours the likes of the Aubameyangs if they're, you know, getting chances running at defenders that are running back at their goal opposed to running at defenders that are already by their goal just and everything is in front of them. I, I think that's been the problem for Arsenal this season is so many teams are seeing everything in front of them where Arsenal need to start turning, you know, defenders to face their own goal and, and really counter them at, at blistering pace. It might be against their will, but I think Leeds are going to bring it out of them in this game. And I don't know if Arteta is going to be happy coming out of this game because it's going to be brought out of them in this way. And it will be interesting to see how their fans react to that one. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the 2-2 in that game. It's, it's a game I'm really looking forward to. I think it's going to be exciting. A game that I'm also looking forward to, and I'm sure you're looking forward to, it's Liverpool versus Leicester. I enjoy that year on the show because I basically get to put my feet up, sit back and (laughs) take in all of the punditry from yourself. It's a Liverpool side that you're very familiar with playing against a Brendan Rodgers side, a manager that you're also very familiar with. How do you see this game going? It's so strange being, you know, I mean, I suppose I'm on the older side of Liverpool fandom now, especially the social media Liverpool fandom. But 
coming through, you know, awful times and stuff. You just, you just every game predicting that we're not going to get anything from, for you know, from from the the, the fixture and uh, and to, to give you an idea of like sort of Liverpool optimism at this point. When I was watching the Aston Villa game, when Aston Villa had scored four goals, I was still thinking like. Yeah, we can get back in this. <laughs> this is fun. This is it's not great. It's not optimal. You know, it's not not like the best situation. But <laughs> which which goes to there's been a very big mindset change. Having said that, as things stand, you know, Liverpool have sit at the top of the charts when it comes to injuries, and it's very fundamental injuries that you know to to the first team and to very important first team players. Um, it's like a who's who of injuries at the moment. It's an extremely difficult fixture. And I'm looking at uh, at Leicester's injuries. And I think they, for them, it's more a case of they know what, you know, they know how to organize and they know how to deal with it. With Liverpool, there's, a, there's, a, there's an element of who do I chuck together? How do I put this together from Klopp at the moment? Um, there's obviously not, of, not a lot of information on the injuries, and the state that they're in, who is fully available, who is not, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, uh, uh, one is, for example, around uh, the rumors currently bouncing around social media is whether Thiago might play or not. And uh, I've seen, you know, very conflicting reports. And I, I just, I just don't know what social media accounts get out of being ITKs on <laughs> any kind of ITK information. It, it just, it, it numbs the mind and i don't really understand it really irritates me um but anyway we'll have to see what team liverpool chucks out there i think with the injuries that fuels brennan rogers's optimism and i think that is a dangerous place for leicester to be when when in my experience when, when rogers gets too optimistic about the game when he approaches it too confidently, he tends to make a little bit of a mistake once or twice. Having said that, we've always had sort of tough games against Leicester. However, again, Liverpool are at home. And when you say Liverpool are at home, you know, that unbeaten fixture stretches back now. I mean, wow, it's it's a really, I think it's it's close to 70 games or something like that. It's absolutely, it's absolutely formidable. Um, so my heart obviously wants a Liverpool win. Um it, it seems like a tough ask not knowing, you know, with the international games, with the fatigue, with the injuries, even the youth team that we are using to replace the first team <laughs> getting injured. You know, so it's it's a difficult one to predict from that sort of perspective. And I just wonder if Jurgen Klopp wants to look at this and say, we don't have an international break for a while. If I can just get out of this without blooding my nose too much, that might be good. Uh, so my head is, like I said, my heart is going for a Liverpool victory. My head is saying it might actually be a draw. So against my better, my better emotional judgment, I'm I'm actually going to go for a one-one draw and sort of lose my super red card for the day. <laughs> um, uh, for this, I, I, I'm even going to go ahead and say Leicester get a penalty for this game. I, I don't think anything's going for Liverpool at the moment. Ouch. And uh, and that's how they're going to get their goal. Uh, no no shade on Leicester. That's more commentary on the fact that nothing seems to be happening for Liverpool at the moment. Yeah. You will notice, yeah. You'll notice that I didn't overreact to your draw shot because <laughs> admittedly... 
that is my thinking as well. I'm also thinking one one. It's 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 a sad time to be a Liverpool fan, you know, with all the the good that's going on for Liverpool over the past year, to have two Liverpool fans sitting on a podcast saying that a game might be one one. Um yeah, as you say, I'm with you in that I hope that we get the win, but considering how many injuries Liverpool had you look at the international break, it's going to be a short turnaround. Klopp isn't going to have that much time to bed the team in. All these players are going to be... It's it's going to be a team that's never played together, basically. That's playing this game. And that's guaranteed just because mm. of the amount of injuries that Liverpool have. Whereas, as you said, Leicester may have injuries to key players, but the team they're going to put out there certainly has played games together. And I think that's what's going to cause Liverpool problems. It's just not being in sync too much uh you hope you know if if the crowd was there you'd probably say that the cop would pull in a few goals they'll drag mm. them into the net but without a crowd i i can see it being a one one as well let's swiftly move along from this doom and gloom liverpool <laughs> attitude because i'm not liking it at all and we move on to a more promising team it's Crystal Palace. They're the team of this podcast. I don't know if you've heard, Kay, and I know you were talking about some of the, the episodes you've been listening to, but Crystal Palace are the team for this podcast. And every time I predict a Crystal Palace win, they go and they lose. And every time I predict a Crystal Palace loss, they go and they win. So I'm going to go straight out the bat and I'm going to say Burnley versus Crystal Palace is going to end Burnley 5, Crystal Palace 0, <laughs> just so that we can get that W. Let's go, Palace. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, this is... Um... I'll probably not be watching this game. <laughs> oh, wow. This, this is a guy that's got every single <laughs> game on his TV and he just abuses the power that he has. I will, I, I will, uh, I mean, an embarrassment of riches, but I, it, it just smells turgid from, from and here. If, if, already. if you I'm, want, I'm not, I gotta say, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of how these two teams play together and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it goes, but like, it's, it's, you know, it's Crystal Palace away from home, which they're usually better. But I think Burnley, with their not great run of results, will will look to just sit back and try to contain what Crystal Palace has, uh, turning it into more of a homish game for Crystal Palace than they might have otherwise expected. And I don't think they really get going for that. I'm, I reckon a draw, and I'm actually going for a nil, nil. Yeah, justifying me not watching it. <laughs> Those are all the fans of this podcast booing you in unison. How dare you bet against Crystal Palace? I know I did it, but people know the reasons why I did it. Palace, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say what I really want to happen, but yeah, we we know. You, you know, if you if you know, you know. Um, a team that's the two teams that will end this game week uh, from a fixtures perspective. It's Wolves versus Southampton. This could be, I'm looking at this game, you know, it's a shame Danny Ings can't make it for this game, but this could end up being a very interesting game. You've got a Southampton team that are rolling this season against a Wolves team that probably want to do a bit more this season, uh, especially without having European football look to capitalize on some of the heavy legs you've mentioned from some of the bigger teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at... Um, you look at the two teams, I'm a big fan of how both these teams have just gone about their business 
Um, Southampton and the way they do things at that club is something I, I really admire. They they just keep on pulling these players out from uh, from from wherever kind of thing, despite the fact that their so-called best players have gotten pinched, you know, every season for a very long time now. And then you look at Wolves and how canny they've been also in the transfer market uh, with Nino Espirito Sante and, and Santo and how he's gotten the team together and playing uh, both really interesting systems, different systems, but uh, but impressive in their own ways. Uh, so Wolves are very good at home, uh, but Southampton look, you know, just a touch more vulnerable away from home when they play. Just you know, just just a little bit. And then you have, I think it's a big factor. I think without the dings, that's a big factor. I, I wonder <laughs> about Southampton's chances uh, there, just because I, I really rate Danny Ings. Obviously, uh, it's, it's a shame he couldn't. Continue at Liverpool, but obviously all Liverpool fans have a very big soft spot for him, and I think he's he's done super well at Southampton. He's proven his quality there. Uh, I'm going to have to go for a Wolves win on this one. Um, it's it's going to be a little bit closer, though. I think I think it'll be two one, but I think Wolves come away with it. Two one to end the weekend. Uh, for me to end this weekend, I think it's going to be a one 0 Wolves win. You mentioned the fact that. Uh, Dings, as you've affectionately <laughs> called him in this podcast, that's a new one for me. I, I like that. I'm, I'm used to Jomez. I, I hadn't heard Dings yet, but I, I think Southampton are going to struggle for goals in this game, even though they they actually haven't struggled for goals in in their previous games. I just think that Wolves are going to have enough defensively and are going to get that goal that seals it and ends the weekend. But this ends this podcast uh that's going to do it for this episode of a tad predictable Kay, do you have anything you want to plug put over promote before we wrap up the show yeah very quickly i have my own podcast over on the epl index's sister platform anfield index so i'm on the subscriber side of things i host a podcast with uh, with tad on my panel and uh, guy obviously as well uh, sitting opposite teddy webb it's called Rate, Rate, Don't Hate, and we look at the player performances every week and uh, and rate them and discuss different frameworks of, of how we go about that compared to the media ratings. We also have subscribers uh, rating, and we, we uh, you know compare and contrast all of those to get an, an idea of sort of what's going on. So if you're interested in Liverpool, uh, do come over to Anfield Index. We've got some absolutely amazing stuff on the subscriber side and on the free side. So uh, whichever way your interest swings there, we've got you covered. Uh, so yeah, do come check us out. And if you want to check out all the games this weekend, I will once again remind you of our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Go link up with them, grab yourself a VPN, or be like Kay, who gets to watch all the games all the time. Not jealous at all. But if <laughs> Kay wants to watch other you know, sports, I know... I don't know if the NFL package is still in on DSTV in South Africa or some of the other sports that haven't been shown on there. I know internationals or Carabao Cup, there's been some times where DSTV hasn't shown them. Then you can grab yourself a VPN package. But from my end as well, I'm going to say go ahead and check out all the wonderful content on EPL Index website. Uh, we have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and all the news you could wish for. Um, of course, there's the daily podcast, the two-footed podcast with Dave Hendrick. Finally, our flagship show, it's the EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists. 
from all the respective uh, EPL teams. They review and preview the happenings of the EPL, you know, the week ahead and the week that's gone. And then you can follow this show on Twitter uh, at a tad predictable. Uh, you can follow EPL Index at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to EPL Index podcast on your podcast providers. Give us a rating. Give us some comments. Let us know what you think about uh, Kay's predictions this week. Um, and Kay, your Twitter handle. Um, am I correct? It's at the underscore Kaylin, but spelled K-Y-L-N. Yes, yes. There's a very funny story behind that, but mm. uh, but you have to come and interact with me on Twitter. Ah, to find out. <laughs> I like the tease. I like the tease. I've been Tadiwa Chanakira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predictable. Our producer behind the glass, Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. The lovely voice you heard in the intros. She had a brand new one for Kay this week. She customizes them for all of our lovely guests. It's... Uh, at Spursy141 on Twitter. Um, as I've mentioned, he's been Kalen Karim at the underscore Kalen, and that's Kalen spelled K Y L N on the Twitters. And remember, Chisinga Perry, Chinoshura. Sports Social Podcast Network.